Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rockhouse Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. Well, again, good morning, church, and no matter where you're at, in your living room, or in your bedroom, or however you're tuning in this morning, uh, I pray that God inspires you, that he uplifts you, uh, that he shows you that there's still hope, even in the darkest of times. Before we begin our sermon this morning, and go knee-deep into what Paul is trying to teach us in the book of Philippians, I want to make one more announcement. First part of this announcement is going to be a thank you for our Thanksgiving box giveaway. I have totaled up to about 55 families received a turkey and a food box to go with it. That's all the fixings. And my goal and our goal as, at Rock House here is to do the same exact thing for Christmas. is to give away 50 turkeys or 50 hams um, and some food box items. But we're going to go about it a little bit different just because we are virtual for a couple weeks and who knows what the future holds. We're going to take up money. You can mail that uh, to the post office box or you can see, call me or call Molly. Just get us the funds some way and we're going to try and purchase all those items through the funds that is donated instead of having people bring it in just because of uh, COVID and the way things are. So we still want to reach out to people in the best way that we can and show the love of Jesus. But this morning as we get into our sermon, our sermon title is Gospel Above All. I feel like when Apostle Paul wrote Philippians, the main focus of the whole book is that the gospel of Jesus Christ should be number one in our hearts number one in our actions, number one in our lives. What Paul teaches us here this morning is that there's going to be joy in any circumstance that we're in. If you have your Bibles, we're going to start in Philippians chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 12 through 21. So turn there with me. No matter where we are, let's turn our hearts to God. No matter the location, no matter how we're listening, Let's turn our, our hearts and our eyes to the Lord this morning. Philippians is a, uh, one of Paul's captivity epistles, meaning Paul was in prison when he wrote Philippians. This is some background before we dive into our scripture this morning. The other three is Colossians, Ephesians, and Philemon. I've had to practice that a little bit this week, um, but Philemon was another book that Paul wrote or letter. Um, while he was chained to a Roman prison guard. Many theologians consider the book of Philippians to be some of Paul's happiest writings, some of his best work, again, while in prison. I hope that speaks to us this morning in the situation that we're in in COVID. You don't have to be behind bars to be in prison. You don't have to be behind bars to have a chain attached to you. I want us to think about this morning that our circumstance and our material things that we have in life will not bring us joy. Paul's writings, especially in the book of Philippians, is going to show us that true happiness comes in fulfilling God's purpose for our lives. 
not in our circumstances, but in God's purpose for our lives. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight. This probably means that you being a Christian and standing up for Jesus isn't going to make you the most popular person in the world. Actually, I'm going to go on and say this, that if everybody in the world likes you and approves you of what approves of you and what you're doing for Christ, <laughs> then you're probably doing it wrong. Hear me out. The book of John, chapter 15, verse 18, says this. Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. After reading this verse and the verses in Philippians this week, I found an abundance of peace in God. I found reassurance in his purpose and that that reassurance and purpose far outweighs anything that I could ever want for myself in life. God's purpose being number one. So without further ado, let's read our scripture this morning. Philippians chapter 1, we're going to read verses 12 through 21. Paul writes, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has actually resulted in the advance of the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is in the cause of Christ. Most of the brothers in the Lord have gained confidence from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the message fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and strife, but others out of goodwill. These do so out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. Verse 17. The others proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, seeking to cause me anxiety in my imprisonment. What does it matter, Paul writes, just that in every way, whether out of false motives or truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in this I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice, because I know that this will lead to my deliverance through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Verse 20, my eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now... As always, with all boldness, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love and your mercy. Father, I hope this word moves our hearts. I hope that we can look at Paul's example and the example of Jesus Christ to know that as long as we are fulfilling God's purpose for our life, everything's going to be all right. I hope by the end of this sermon, we can hold on to verse 21. And to say for me to live is Christ, that we can go on and do the work of Christ while we're here. And if we were to die, Father, if we were to pass on from this earthly realm, that it means we would spend eternity with you. I pray that not a heart this morning goes uncircumcised, Lord goes without the view of Christ standing before the throne, having to be pure and blameless in the eyes of God. I pray that there's a heart that gets overturned this morning, a stone heart gets broken, Father, for you. To Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. 
Now that was a lot of scripture. Let's take the pieces of this puzzle and let's build it one piece at a time. By now, Paul is writing Philippians. Paul's a little bit older. <laughs> He's been through just about everything that you can go through and still be alive. And not only is Paul alive and just have survived, but he's thriving in the situation that he's in. Let me remind you, Paul is in prison at this time. This isn't the first time, though, that Paul had been in prison. In fact, if you can remember from our reading in the book of Acts, Paul was in prison there, and he handled it like you and I would. He sulked, and no, I'm kidding. Paul didn't do that. Paul actually handled it really well. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way, this morning. Try to loosen you up at home. But the Bible tells us that while Paul was in prison the first time, at about midnight, this is in the book of Acts, he began to sing hymns and praise Jesus. And while he was praising Jesus, it says that everyone's shackles and chains started to fall off. Amen. That everyone's started to. You see, because of Paul's praises, everybody received freedom. Paul learned a lot in his life. There were many lessons that he had to learn hard. A couple lessons I want to point out this morning is this, that when you're in your worst situation, when you're at your lowest point, remember God is doing his greatest work in you. Second lesson I feel like Paul learned through the book of Philippians was that when you're in total loss of control, if you're a control freak, you might want to turn me off right now. But when you're in total loss of control, God is in full control. And that's when he can do the best work through you in your life. And lastly, maybe the most valuable lesson for me as I was studying this was that through our suffering and our chains, if we're doing it for the glory of Christ, others can be set free. They can look at the example that you are when you're at your lowest point. That's what people's going to want to see. When you're on your mountaintop, they know it's easy to praise Jesus. But when, what, what do you look like when you're in that valley? Are you still praising Jesus? Are you still letting your praise break chains in your lowest valley? That's what Paul had learned throughout his life. Paul has reached a point at this time that he's kind of stopped caring about what other people think. Paul really only cares about the things that matter. He isn't trying to win a popularity contest, win the most likes or the most hearts on uh, social media. He really isn't trying to please anyone. Paul only cares about his purpose for Christ. And that's our first point this morning, is our purpose is in Christ. Hear that this morning. Your purpose for living is in Jesus Christ. Let's look at verses 12 through 14 again. Paul said, I... Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has actually resulted in the advance of the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is in the cause of Christ. Most of the brothers in the Lord have gained confidence from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the message fearlessly. Paul was writing this letter to the Philippians from prison because he was wanting them to know they shouldn't be worried <laughs> about his conditions of his imprisonment. They shouldn't be worried about the outcome of the trial that was awaiting Paul. 
But what they should be worried about is that the gospel has not stopped, that it has kept going. Paul's writing to them to show them that, look, in my situation, God is still moving. <laughs> my imprisonment hasn't hindered the gospel. And that if death should come, if you were to read on in the chapter, that it, that's not what Paul truly worries about. Paul does fully expect to be released and continue on the mission that God has set before him. Well, what is that mission, you may ask? That mission was and is still the same today. The mission is that Christ is preached, no matter what, that Christ is preached. That was Jesus' last words to his disciples. I think it should be our first words. Jesus' last words should be our first words. You see, Paul knew that the charges they had against him was, was fake, that was phony. They really couldn't hold him for that. All they could claim that Paul was doing was being a crowd uh, riser or someone who would cause an uproar because of his teachings. Some had labeled him as an apostate Jew. That's someone who refuses to follow Judaism to the T. We know Paul used to do that, but in Acts, he met our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yet Paul writes to the Philippians. I find this so amusing. Even though I'm in prison, I still have a captive audience. Even though I'm in the situation I'm in or in the circumstance that I'm in, I may be hurting due to some family things. I may be hurting uh, due to uh, the situation that's going on in the world. But guess what? There's still an audience that's got their eye on you. There's still people needing the gospel. Paul says the whole imperial guard was getting to hear the gospel. Why is that important? As I studied this week, I think everything in the Bible that is wrote is wrote there for a reason. It's God-breathed. Well, the imperial guard, I labeled the IG. That's not Instagram. Imperial guard in this situation. Was charged to protect the emperor and the elite family. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, Paul was really on a mission to get to the higher-ups because he knew if he could get to the higher-ups, then the gospel would spread even more because they had control. So here he is in prison, and the imperial guard is getting the gospel. <laughs> it's important because they were the only military force that was allowed in the capital. So what seemed like a terrible situation that Paul was in was really right where God wanted and needed him to be. And Paul knew that he was fulfilling God's purpose for his life. <laughs> Paul knew that getting the gospel to the elite would do not only one thing, but two. First, it would give, again, the opportunity for the gospel to spread even more. But if he could get the elites to understand that he wasn't there to cause trouble, that he was just there to spread the love of Jesus Christ and the truth about our Lord and Savior, which is what we should all do, that he could potentially swing the case in his favor when trial did come his way. And I hope that we would see that Paul's imprisonment that he is in, he tells us he's in chains for Christ, if you were to read a different translation, that his cause for imprisonment is for Christ. But Paul had no problem really being there. I'm sure he could complain. But we don't see Paul doing that here. We, he knew that God needed him there. So Paul had the confidence 
and the assurance that he should be there. So therefore, all of that poured out into the prison in the palace. Paul says that the others had gained confidence. So I want to ask you this morning, can you say from the bottom of your heart that you know someone is speaking about Christ and speaking for Christ, taking a stand for Jesus without fear, with confidence, with boldness, because of the witness that you have shown them? I want you to think about that this morning. Your witness can cause others to stand for Jesus without fear. Take that home with us this morning. Paul makes it clear in his situation that he isn't placing confidence in the Roman justice system. He isn't placing confidence in the emperor or the king at this time. Paul's not even placing confidence in his own strength. But rather, Paul is placing his confidence in Jesus Christ. Takes us to our second point this morning. What matters is that Christ is preached. That's why Paul's in the position that he's in. Because he knew what truly mattered was to save souls. And that was the bottom line. To get the truth to the people. Let's look at verses 15 through 19 again. Paul says, To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and strife, but others out of goodwill. These do so out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, seeking to cause me anxiety in my imprisonment. But I love his response. What does it matter? Just that in every way, whether out of false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, I rejoice, because I know this will lead to my deliverance through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul gives us some context to his writing in verse 15. He says, not everyone who preaches Christ is of good motives. He also talks about wolves in sheep clothing in Philippians, as you read this week. But Paul says that some preached out of envy and rivalry. And in my studies this week, I found that many theologians believe that there were other preachers that traveled throughout Paul's day as well. And these preachers would often be embarrassed by the disciples and the Apostle Paul because of their brash teachings and preachings, preachings about Jesus Christ and their belief that they have in Jesus. And they would see Paul's chains as an embarrassment to them. So the bottom line was they would see Paul as inferior. What he brought upon the other preachers, it's kind of like the old saying Dwight L. Moody used to say, you know, out of 100 people, one's going to read the Bible and the other 99 is going to read the Christian. They're applying this just in a backwards manner. They're saying that Paul's giving them a bad name when he was really the only one speaking the truth. <laughs> Therefore, they chose to preach in a manner that would cause Paul harm, that would help influence the Roman judicial system in opposition of Paul. And Paul knew this. <laughs> but his response was marvelous. I don't know about you, but I remember the old bracelets that said WWJD, which was, I believe, what, was, what would Jesus do? I sometimes want to put verse 18 on my wrist as a reminder 
what my purpose is in life with a WDIM. What does it matter? What does it matter as long as Christ is being preached? I wish we would all have that outlook uh, on life. And Paul can get that outlook from verse 18 because if you were to backtrack to verse 16, Paul has a little quote in his scripture that I thought was so powerful this week in my studying. Paul says, knowing that I am appointed. You see, God has appointed you for a purpose. That purpose may be for somebody else. You may be thinking, well, how does it benefit me? Let me tell you, it may not have any earthly benefit. I'll just be honest with you. You may be put on this earth to help others in Jesus Christ, to lead them to Jesus Christ, to lift them up in their time of need. You know, this life's not all about us. <laughs> I know it's sometimes hard to remind ourselves. I think about Thanksgiving, and I thought, you know, how lucky I am to have all these things that I have, but more importantly, how lucky I am to be a son of God. And I thought, you know, Lord, I'm so thankful. Thankful for this turkey. I'm thankful for my children, and I'm thankful for my wife and, and the in-laws and my mother and father, and the list goes on my church, but Lord, thank you for sending your only son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. And when you have that mindset, knowing that you are appointed for God's purpose, you'll have the same belief. No matter what comes your way, you're going to say, you know what, what doesn't matter? I'm here for Jesus, and let Jesus use me however he can, however he wants to, however he will. Lord, let me throw down my agenda to put your progress, your position in my life. Put me right where you need me to be. And I want you to know this morning that if you're in chains, if you're hurting, if you're feeling shame, if you're beat down or beat up, however you want to look at it, God still wants to use you. God wants you to be humbled <laughs> and come to Him, laying it all before Him, saying, Lord, Empty me and fill me up with you. Amen. There's some truth in this scripture that I've had to pray about to put in this sermon. But I feel like somebody needed to hear this this morning. I was thinking about Paul and what he was going through. And then I remembered what happened in Acts when he was in prison. And how he didn't let that be the end of it for him. And I thought, you know what? You can let your chains in your life break your praise for the Lord. Or you can let your praise for the Lord break the chains that you have in your life. I want you to think about that this morning. Your outlook on life <laughs> will, change, will change the whole thing for your life. What I'm trying to say is that if you look at the chains that's holding you back, you're never going to see God's purpose for your life. But if you can praise the Lord in your valley points, like the song says, Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. And then that last song, my hopes in you alone. I can only think about Paul being in prison. My hopes in you alone, Lord. Let my praise break the chains of the devil. Paul didn't allow his circumstance to change his focus or his purpose that God had for him. I know many of us question 
Why are we going through what we're going through? Why are we in this storm? Folks, we can allow that chain to hold us back. Or we can praise God knowing that like Paul said, a deliverance is coming. And trust that God will set you free. I love what John wrote. And it's a good song right now. Because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Take that home with you this morning. Come close and listen up as I say it again. Because who the Son in Jesus Christ sets free is free indeed. There's no more need for the chains in your life. Paul does not let his personal feelings get above the gospel in his situation. He knows that he is appointed at this appointed time for the gospel. And in verse 19 he says, Because I know all of this that he's going through. Listen to how Paul wraps this up. Because I know this will lead to my deliverance through your prayers. That tells us we have to have the prayers of others. We have to have other support. And Paul ends like this. And help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Folks, if you don't have the Spirit of Jesus Christ this morning, let me tell you, you can only have half of that. People can only pray for you. But if you don't have the Spirit of Jesus Christ, <laughs> folks, you don't have nothing. I'll just be honest with you. Hit your knees and ask the Lord to come into your heart this morning. Paul says he can rejoice because he knows he will be delivered. Paul didn't know the future. He knew who held the future. And in this situation, Paul says, you know what? I can be delivered here on earth, set free, and continue on my mission, which we know Paul believed was going to happen. Or... If I'm delivered in a heavenly realm, Paul says, that's fine with me. I don't really know what to choose if you were to read on in verses 22 and 23. He says, for me to stay here is really beneficial of you. For me to go on, I would get to see the glory of God. I want to ask you to read on past these verses this week. But Paul is at peace with where God has him. I wonder, of us, I wonder how many of us this morning, though, can say, God, I am at peace in the relationship that I have with you. And how I stand before the throne this morning. Am I at peace? I pray that you can answer that with a confident yes. As I was studying these verses, it kind of reminded me of uh, the book of Acts. Because we just got through reading that. And I've prayed a lot through Acts. And I think Acts is how our church should operate there's a lot of study that can go into that. But I thought about how Stephen, you know, was being stoned and persecuted and how the apostle Paul, who was Saul at the time, was close by. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, Paul and Stephen both are in a situation where it looks like they don't have a choice. Paul's in chains. Stephen's being ran out of the city, talked about, getting the streets lined up. Uh, to be stoned. And here's Stephen in the middle. And what well, looks like they don't have a choice. But I'm going to read to you in Acts chapter 7, verses 59 through 60, what the Bible says and how Stephen's outlook was similar to Paul's. Verse 59 says, They were stoning Stephen as he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord do not charge them with this sin. In saying this, he fell asleep. You see, Paul and Stephen 
were both content with what God had done in their lives. They knew that they had been uh, used by God to fulfill His purpose. I want to ask you this morning, are you trusting God to deliver you through the storm that you're in? Are you calling on His name instead of trying to figure it out on your own? <laughs> are you hitting your knees asking for wisdom, asking for a vision? Or are you just kind of going through the motions? Paul wasn't about to let the chains that the Romans and the devil had slapped on him steal his praise. Stephen wasn't about to let the stones of someone else take away what God had given him. Both are pictures of what God wants us to do in our lives. This is what God wants his disciples to do. God wants us to choose him and his peace. Nobody can take that from you. You know why? Because they didn't give it to you. Jesus Christ gave you peace at Calvary. And I want you to know that that's our prayer. That's what our prayer should be to is Jesus Christ or who it should be to this morning. That brings me to my third and final point is that Christ be highly honored. We're going to finish with verses 20 through 21. Paul says, My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all boldness, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Paul wants us to hold on to five simple truths as I studied this week. I felt like Paul would say, without God, we are nothing. Number one, without God, we are nothing. Second would be that Christ's spirit is strong enough to empower us in our weakest moments. If we would just call out to him. Point three, I felt like Paul is saying the shame that we should avoid <laughs> is having shame before God, not before people. Point four, I believe Paul is saying to us, our witness should encourage and empower others to preach God's word boldly and fearlessly and stand before the storm knowing that when you go through it on the other side and you get to the other side, excuse me, that we'll be closer to God because of the storm. And point five, and I thought about this so much, if we're in the right relationship with God, we can have peace that no matter what happens to us in our life, no matter how things turn out, that we'll be better off either way because we know our citizenship is in heaven and that Jesus died to save our lives. And folks, that's a sealed deal. That's as good as it gets for the Christian. So my prayer this morning is this, and we'll close with this, that, my, that our hearts as Christians, as a church, as a community, would be so aligned with God that we could honestly say at the end of the day, and when we get up in the morning, for me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Let us close in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for people like the Apostle Paul who went through things that I don't have to go through, Father, that I can have peace 
because of someone else's chains. That I can have peace because, God, you would send your only son to carry a cross to Calvary for me. Lord, the peace and the blood that was shed at Calvary that washed away my sins. Father, I know without a doubt that I can stand before you in a right vertical relationship with you, Father. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Is any Christian perfect? Absolutely not. If we were perfect, Father, we know we wouldn't need Jesus. But here we are, dead in our sins, caught in our trespasses, the Bible says. <laughs> but God, who is rich in mercy, who is faithful, saved us by his grace. Oh, Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your love. Father, if there's somebody out there this morning that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, today is the day, Lord. Put it on their heart so heavy that they can't run from it physically, mentally, emotionally. Father, grab their attention. Put a chain on their heart and let them know, Lord, that you've got a hold of them, that all they have to do is surrender. Lord, give it up. Give it to God. Ask Him to come into your heart and fill that place that's empty with the peace of God. Lord, I love you and I thank you. Thank you for my church. I thank you for the people in this community. Father, we ask for a healing over our county, over our state, over our community, over our nation. Father, I know, just like the song said, you can move mountains. And Lord, if this is a time that we need to hold on to you even tighter, Lord, let it be. When we come out of this COVID season, or out of this trial in our life, out of this bad family relationship, out of this drug addiction, out of this addiction that we have, Lord, that we don't even know we have, Father, I pray that we're closer to you because of it. Lord, hear our cries. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church. Or you can go to our website, rockhousebaptist.org. Thank you for listening.